Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Good afternoon, Bill Kasky back at the Bill Kasky podcast sitting here in my studio in Indianapolis, Indiana, USA. It is nine o'clock Eastern and I'm doing the podcast today. I don't know why I told you all that, but I'm going to share with you some things that I'm working on. I think it's always interesting to get a little behind the scenes when I listen to uh, a speaker or an author or a podcaster and find out what they're working on. I want to share with you something today that I've been kind of knee deep in for the last few weeks and it's it's going somewhere. I'm not just it's not just an exercise in in writing, although I like I enjoy that. Uh, and what this is is designed to help you rethink the world. And that may sound like a bigger bridge to cross than a guy like me would want to uh, you know, kind of pursue, but I have come to the belief, and we, you've heard some of it here on the podcast, that we have certain beliefs. And these certain beliefs create assumptions, just the way the world is. I believe this, therefore I assume that. And well, that's just the way the world is. And a lot of times I hear from my clients when I first start working with them and I start to share some what I will call counterintuitive ideas, things that kind of go against the norm, they will get kind of up in the air, get their back up and say, well, that wouldn't work in our business or my boss would never let me go for that or our customers would not tolerate that. And of course, that's just all opinion. So how we have come to believe dictates the assumptions we have about life, and then that creates opinions. And not to get into the psychological makeup of it, but I'm going to give you three here today. And I think these three will will kind of tee off this idea in your brain about the question that you need to ask yourself, which is, well, what else do I assume about the world that that might just be an opinion and might not be reality? So let's go with this. And by the way, if you are a high achiever, I, I know I've said this before, but I want you to go to BillKasky.com, top banner. There's a um, colored banner there for a wait list. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to do a high achievers program. Those are for people. That's for people who, let's say, earn $200,000-ish and up and want to really level up, want to really pursue and and kind of leverage their assets and get to a whole new level. I'm assembling a group of those people. If you're interested in at least knowing more about it, probably going to be doing a webinar or a, a little get together here soon. That's no obligation. This is definitely not any kind of a high pressure thing. I only want people in this program who are truly committed to growing. So there is no sales at all involved. I'm opening it up first to my podcast listeners, so nobody on my, even my email list has heard about this. So if you're interested, go to BillKasky.com. Also, if you are interested in changing the game of selling, 
There is a document on uh, BillCaskey.com just below the banner. It's called 10 Strategies to Change the Selling Game. Uh, I, th- I find it to be, I wrote it here last year, and, and we've modified it several times. But go download that. It's a PDF guide. It's about 10, 12 pages. It's got some videos with it. It's really good. If you want some free stuff from me that's really more tutorial-focused, that's a good way to start. So what are these beliefs that we have accumulated? And I, I will consider these erroneous beliefs or industry norms that I'm not sure are even, were even right and definitely aren't right today. So let me go through these. And again, I've got, I've got 29 of these, and I'm only going to go through three. Uh, it, a, a lot of this comes in my, in my programming and coaching, and I believe that I can only teach you so much sales tactics and how to handle it when the customer says X and what happens when the prospect decides not to buy or what happens when you get resistance. I can only teach that for so long. Frankly, I get a little bored with it because at some point, that's not the difference maker. The difference maker is how you think, how you think about yourself, how you think about your company, your value, your customer, your role on the planet, your purpose on earth. Those are the big issues So why would I want to continue to work on the minor issues? It's called majoring in the minors. And forget about the major issues, which is how one thinks about oneself and and how one identifies in this world. So I'm going to share with you three of these that are uh, common beliefs that we have accumulated over the years, maybe, and maybe not. Maybe for you, not all these will apply, but uh, I think we're on the spectrum, at least, of, of having these beliefs kind of drive us and drive some of our unconscious behaviors. Number one, your eagerness leads to more sales and to an eager prospect. So the more eager you are, and we see this a lot of times in in hiring salespeople, a sales leader will come to me and say, hey, I want you to interview, and I do this for clients for a fee, but say, I want you to interview this person we're thinking about bringing him on or her on, and we want to make sure it's the right decision, blah, blah, blah. So I just want to get your, get your set of eyes on it. And it doesn't take me long. I don't even have to do a profile test. It doesn't take me long to, to look at that person through the filter of a prospect. If this person is going to be out working with prospects, then I, I put my prospect hat on and ask myself the question, would I want this person calling on me? If they're too eager If they're not listening to a word I say, if they're not thoughtful in their responses, if they're too quick on the trigger to, to, you know, say something or answer a question, I know if they're that way with me, they will be that way with prospects. How you do anything is how you do everything. So eagerness is not a virtue. Now, I want you to be committed. I want you to be all in to your job. But eagerness is a different animal. I don't want you to be eager. I don't want you to appear eager. The only eagerness you should have is eagerness to find out if the problem the customer has is something we can solve. It's not eager to sell. And it's certainly not eager to talk about yourself and how great you are. How how is that helpful for the prospect? They don't give a damn about that. So this idea of eagerness, I think, has been misconstrued. And we take it as a virtue. I see it as a... I don't see it as a virtue at all. I see it as something that will, that will get in the way. I would rather you take measured eagerness and be interested in the prospect, what they have to say, 
be curious about their pains and their problems and their circumstances, but never be eager either to make the next call, to set the next meeting, um, to sell anything. Let that happen organically. And, and if you do things right, and there's a lot of things to do right there, if you do things right, man, your close rate goes way up because you're not, you're not trying to make anything happen. It's happening. It's happening because the prospect wants your solution really badly. Number two, pressure is good. The more pressure you feel, the more likely you are to excel. Well, pressure is an interesting animal in that I do think there are times when the need to get things done, you can call it pressure, I might just call it the, the, need, to, the need to act, is there. And you just do what needs to be done. So if you are out talking to a prospect, let's say, and, and they have uh, an interest and part of your process is putting together kind of a proposal framework. Well, I don't want you to feel pressure to do that. It just has to be done. If it's part of your process and if it works and if it's going to help the prospect make a decision, going to help you decide if they're the right people, then you do it. You don't feel pressure to do it. I think most pressure that we feel comes from self-imposed sources. We put pressure on ourselves to be perfect, to be kind of the ideal soldier, to be uh, effervescent and, and magnanimous. And we feel pressure to have people like us and take us seriously. And that kind of pressure is a losing game. Because now you're pressuring yourself based on someone else's opinion of you, which is very hard to, it's hard enough to influence, let alone control it. So pressure is going to be a, a, losing, a losing battle there. Another thing about pressure is when you feel it, you exert it. When, when someone's putting pressure on you, you will put pressure on someone else. You just, it's a pass-through. You're just the pass-through mechanism. So if your manager is putting pressure on you to make more sales, where do you think that pressure is going to go? You're going to, just going to store it inside? Of course. Of course, a little bit of it you will. But a lot of it, you will pass it on to the prospect. And they won't, they won't even see it. It's not like you're saying, hey, look, i got to make a sale this month or I'm going to get fired. My boss is on my, on my backside, so can you please help me? You're not saying that. But it's the small vibes that you give off that the prospect feels even subconsciously and they decide not to do business with you because they say, oh, this is about them, not about me. I think I'll find another supplier. So pressure is not good. Getting things done is, but when it turns into pressure, you're not free to be at your best. And I see this a lot in business where a business owner has been working in his or her business for 20 years and they're tired of it, they're, they're burnt out and they want to do something else, but they've built this machine that they can't get away from. And so every, every day they feel pressure to do something that they don't love. That is a recipe for illness. That's a recipe for disaster. So if you have a little bit of that, I don't, you don't need to be a business owner to experience that. But if you find yourself, you know what, I, I'm just not as into what I, I'm doing now as I was five years ago. I think, I think the pandemic and disruption of 2020 spurred that on for a lot of us. I think it accelerated some insecurities and might even accelerated some skills and competencies. But it changed things. And so you've got to ask yourself do I love what I do? When I get up in the morning every day, do I really, have I fallen in love with what I do, with my customers, with my audience, with my market, with whatever?
And number three is one of my favorites, and that is the idea that I just need to do more of what I've always done to get to the next level. And as I mentioned before, I'm putting this High Achievers program together, and it's a personal coaching group. And that's a lot of that group. What we're going to do there is focus on what got you here may not get you to the next place. In fact, it's almost assuredly not to get you to the next place. Because things have changed, the world has changed, the market, the internet, digital communications, a lot of things have changed. And a lot of us are hanging on, and I put myself here too. I'm not, even though I talk about this a lot and I consult with prospects, I'm sorry, with clients, coach, there's still a little bit of this that I am holding on to kind of the old way. Yeah, remember, we used to fax out invitations and we'd fax them out and 25 people would show up. Boy, I'd love to have that now. With my knowledge, we'd close 20 of them. But that ain't the way it is anymore. Not a lot of fax machines hanging around waiting for my fax. So I can wish and hope all I want that things go back to normal or go back to the way they were, whatever normal is. But The fact is, is that what got you to where you are today is probably not going to get you to 2x where you are today. If you're a high achiever, I don't care what kind of achiever you are. It really doesn't matter. There's got to be a realization on your part. And maybe today is it. Sound like I'm preaching. Come up to the front afterwards. (laughs) But at some point, there's got to be a realization. There's got to be an awakening inside of you that says, I can't keep doing the same things in the same way and expect to get massively different results or expect to get the same results and work less. This is not only always about 2xing everything, your income and your revenue. It's not always about that. I want you to 2x your quality of life, your sense of fulfillment and what you do. And often what got us here won't get us there. And so the question for you is, what is there? What does there look like? And what will get me there? Where am I going? And how am I going to get there? Those are the two questions that I think will allow you to get out of this mindset, this old mindset of, well, I'll just do more of what got me here. And I have witnessed people who have changed, kind of reinvented themselves. They have new energy. They have new inspiration. They're, they're, kind of reignited the fire underneath them. It's like, yeah, you know what? I used to do it this way. We're not going to do it that way anymore. We're going to to do it this way. And then there's tweaks along the way. But there's a lot of times there's infused energy in the psyche when you change things. When you say, okay, we're going to get to a new goal, but we're not going to do the same things that got us here. So take a look at those three things. I think they will, uh, as I talk about them, hopefully they resonated with you to the point where you start to examine, well, what are some new beliefs? Because new beliefs are awesome. If you can start to believe something new, and I was listening to uh, a psychologist the other day talk about the disruption of fundamental axioms. That's a mouthful. Disruption of fundamental axioms. In other words, just disruption of things that you've come to believe are true. And I think these three things are part of that. And when we disrupt those and we start to look at them, we can go in one of two directions. We can either go to in awe, so old shock and awe thing. We can go into awe and say, oh my gosh, if I, would, if I could get out of this old belief, look at the future that could be created for me. That's awesome. It's awe-inspiring. Or we say, well, that'll trigger us. 
That's shock. Oh, my God, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to, that won't happen. That ain't going to happen in my lifetime. There's no way that would work in my world. And you, you go into run away from mode. So when I introduce things to you, I probably will lose listeners because some of you will say, enough, Kasky, you're crazy. You're on crack. You're doing something weird behind the scenes there. You're talking about stuff that I don't even want to talk about. Well, we need to talk about it because if you're like me, you have quite a few years of productive life left and you don't want to just keep repeating the same mistakes. Anyway, hope that helps you. Go to BillCaskey.com. Lots of free stuff there. Get on the wait list for the High Achievers program if you're not on it already. And also the PDF guide, 10 Strategies to Change the Selling Game is on BillCaskey.com. See you next time. Bye.